Justice for All. Hi, this is Ken George, your moderator. This is part two of our topic on harassment in the workplace. Um, so I left the military, and I uh, it took a while, it took about a year and a half, because my husband and I both left where we were. We decided whoever got the first decent job in a, in a large, mid to large size city, the other would follow and I'd get a job there in that place. So um, my husband got the job first, and we moved to... Um, and, uh, and so I started job hunting here. And it took about a year and a half, but I finally got a job that, though it was about half the pay I'd been making as an Army officer, um, I, um, I love the mission of the organization, and I'm not going to discuss it specifically because um, um, I'm in a now, <laughs> and I'm not real comfortable with doing that. But um, I love its mission, and I was like, well, once I get in with my education, my knowledge, skills, and ability, and my work ethic, and my high performance, I'm sure I'll get a promotion some, sometime. So I, I came in, and um, I, I wasn't prepared for the politics. So there were a lot of politics. And I have observed after many years working at that agency that um, nepotism, cronyism, and political appointees that aren't necessarily in class, unclassified positions, but I mean at lower levels of the organization, um, are wreaking havoc with state government. And um, I think in some administrations it's less problematic than others, but it still seems to go on regardless of what governor is in office at the time. So um, one of one of the things that, um, you know, despite the fact that there, there are a lot of people where I currently work that, who are highly knowledgeable, they're educated to perform their jobs, they have high character, they really care to, to, to do what's right for, for the organization, that many people that seek the higher positions in organizations like, like state government, many of them, not, not all of course, but many of them, um, play politics, they'll do whatever it takes to get that that higher job, that higher pay, and um, that, that they don't merit. So uh, there's a lot of that that goes on to state government. And, you know, going back to what I said earlier, um, I, I do feel that women in general have to watch their P's and Q's more than males in most environments. That they, they often have to perform at a higher level, they're expected to. They're expected to um, uh, focus on work details. They're, they're, you know, they, they can't socialize as much. They can't you know, get up from their work and move around as much as their male peers who spend a lot of time talking about football and all kinds of things all work time. Now, and, and just to qualify that, we all need that. We're human beings. And it's very unhealthy to sit at your desk more than about an hour to an hour and a half at a time. It, they, they equated that to like smoking a pack of cigarettes as far as your health is concerned. So it is good for us to get up, move around, talk a little bit, socialize a bit, but it's always where you draw the line. And that there are some peers I've seen that it, they're, we're lucky if they're putting in two hours of work a day, okay? And then others who are working very hard and are overloaded and dumped on who get out of there after eight hours and they're exhausted and they've had no time to 
do anything but use the restroom and drink a little water and take a uh, 30-minute lunch break, okay? So um, that's the environment, though, where there's no one really making sure that the workload is equitable, that it's being spread among everybody in, in the office. If one person gets things done, then that work tends to just keep going to that person until they, they break, I guess. And that's to me, is a sign of poor management. It's management's job to make sure that things are equitably shared, spread, the workload is spread equitably, and that um, everyone, obstacles are removed from you, from you doing your job. That's a manager's job to remove obstacles, not create them, which many people in top positions tend to do where I work. Do you think any of that is related to politics? I mean, the idea of not spreading that workload equitably? Well, yes, because if you have your your family member in a position and you have a friend over in another position and you have someone who knows someone higher up in another position, then who is the work going to go to? It's going to go to the person that's not either one of those three people. So a lot of times then people that don't have the connections and just, just have their their brains and their education and their past experiences to help them do their job. Um, they're isolated, but they have to do more, much more work than people that are chronic, you know, there because of familial or friendship or political appoint, appointment. So, um, and, and again, going back to, yeah, I'm a woman. I've been harassed quite a lot in several major jobs in my life. And it has, um, it has affected my health in a negative way and and my mental well-being um, because um, a lot of this has to do with personality and it has to do with your upbringing and it has to do with, you know, what you understood the world should be like when, when you go out into it. And um, for a person who's highly conscientious and takes pride in their quality of work, and taking care of customers, taking care of people, uh, being fair, and being um, uh, expecting fair treatment from others, it can be quite shocking coming out into the world and seeing how things operate. And um, I, I, you know, I would, I, I, there, there's some famous saying, I don't remember who said this, but about, you know, being kind to everyone because you don't know what their burdens are and what they're carrying. It doesn't hurt to be kind, to be considerate of everyone around you. And, and, and why, why be mean, why be nasty? For that, that, it, but again, going back to what I said in the beginning, people who are that way, you know, you know there's, there's, there's a person who was recently in a way high position that was pretty much known as being a narcissist. And, and he's still around, and uh, so some of this that, but even a narcissist, you know, what the, the old uh, was it Roman or Greek uh, mythology about a person who looked at his reflection in a pool of water and thought it was this other handsome being and reached out to it and drowned in the water or something, you know, it's like um, um, it, it's it's it is a deep insecurity. If, if you when you sometimes when you feel like you act like you're very sure of yourself and just everything's going right and you and you and you're you're really very insecure because we should all have doubt and we should all continue to open ourselves up and learn from each other 
and grow. It's you grow and you learn until the day you die. So I, I've never understood how people or why people can be so nasty to their fellow being. You know, so you can go back to that universal theme of man's inhumanity to man. And, and why do we do it? Why are we so destructive? And I would say probably most people who are destructive are, I don't know, I don't know if they're mentally ill, technically by the diagnostic code, <laughs> mentally ill, or if they're just, they, you know, there's some things in their childhood that they do these, na- now I think we're all capable of doing nasty things. I don't think that you have only good people and only bad people. We can all be driven to doing something wrong that may not be really part of our natural character if we are denied food and water or we're tortured or threat or you know have horrible things happen to us. Even if you're good natured, you might then finally do something that would be considered evil or bad by the rest of society. So um, I I guess, you know, I, I would a little bit more about I didn't give you an example or two from um, my state government job. But um, one of them involved um, being harassed and bullied by, like, the top-ranking person in the office where I was working and then uh, a manager under him who was also very high up in the organization. And um, although I had always worked independently, autonomously in my position and and fulfilled every duty and and people outside of the agency – um, knew me well, and I coordinated across states on on, on actions that need to be done. Um, the two of them started telling, order, ordered me to uh, report every Friday to my supervisor's um, office and tell them what I accomplished uh, for the day and send an email every day to tell them what I was going to be working on the next day. And um, I, I was like, I did make a complaint uh, to... Um, the HR department, that if I weren't doing these things or I wasn't doing my job, I could understand this, but I do my job and I, I do notes in my time card for everything I do every day. So this is inappropriate. I shouldn't be given a written, a direct order to, to do this because it, it doesn't fit the situation. But I was told that if I didn't do it, I would be considered insubordinate. So at Right at that point when that happened, and um, uh, and then I got another written direct order from the chief of the office the same day that I got the written direct order from the supervisor about reporting, and I I I don't remember off the top of my head. I have to go look at my documentation that I can't remember that I say remember document everything, but he also gave me a written direct order, and so I was like, okay, they're working me over. They're they're working me over so that they can finally get me to either act out or or uh, call in six so much to avoid this negative situation. So I am um, I'm gonna I need to get out of here. And because I had a chronic health condition that had deteriorated over the months, I was able to take disability leave. I immediately you know made arrangements to see a doctor, and I got on disability. And um, even up to a year later, I was so angered by the way I, I was, had been treated that I did not want to go back. It even walked into that building. And um, I was a person that um, was well-respected by peers in other states and at a higher level agency, federal agency, for my work. And all of a sudden, I was, I was the, you know, like, 
uh, I'm not going to say that it's too crude, but I was, I was persona non grata. I, and, and I noticed that all my colleagues and fellow workers in my department were avoiding me because they knew that, that I was, you know, a victim or I was being, um, you know, attacked and they didn't want any of that to fall on them. And in the same office, prior to this chief, there was another chief who um, um, actually uh, kicked me off the management team, and then I wasn't getting any information to do my job, because that's how we communicated. And I um, was moved to a cubicle, a, a lone cubicle in the front of the office, which was the equivalent of what, I don't know, depending on the age of my audience, it was like being sent to the dunce corner where you're wearing the dunce hat in the corner. <laughs> and uh, that happened for about three weeks until some people complained that was inappropriate. And then I was brought into the fold into a cubicle where other people were. Um, and all that was meant to demean and humiliate. To, and they were, they were trying to get rid of me. So um, when, and, and again, all I did was my job and I did it well. And when, Something wasn't done that I depended on. We all depend on each other, and we have that predecessor goals or something is done in order for us to then do our part, or then you hand it off to someone else and they need to do their part. And I'm, I would say I have good organizational skills, and um, uh, you know I I can plan, organize, direct, coordinate, control, all of that. And so I always felt that I was diplomatic and discreet, but I would say, hey, what about such and such? Where is it? And I don't know, to this day, I'm not really sure about why I was, and, and it, the other thing about when you're being harassed and bullied, you're alone pretty much. And most of the time when you're being harassed and bullied, it isn't one person. When you're in an adult work situation, it is a whole gang of them. So it's you alone handling all these. When you're trying to do a high workload volume of work, and trying to maintain your cool and in, in having, you know, conference calls with other states and a higher level office while you're being basically beat up mentally, emotionally. Um, it, 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 you, you know, you could turn the other cheek so many times and then you just can't. There's, there's no cheek to turn. It's all bloody and beaten up. You have nothing left. So it did take a good, uh, I took a year and then I, uh, tried to extend disability and was unsuccessful. And, um, but I did return to the same organization, but I said, I cannot work for that department. I'll go anywhere else. And I've got, you know, I have a very broad um, uh, background. I can, I can do any kind of work, but I cannot go back there. And thankfully I was put into another area but unfortunately, um, there was obviously some bad mouthing because, because I, I did have some things come up where it was so obvious that you know I wouldn't even know someone and yet they would treat me like I was by facial expression, body language, that they didn't like me. So there was some of that that, that continues to, to you know hamper your your ability to try to start fresh somewhere else. Well, yeah, I agree that um, um, they're they're. You know, there are inspector general's offices out there. There's the environmental art, uh, what's it called, EEOC, uh, Equal Op Employment Opportunity Commission. Um, you know, you can use your chain of command. But sometimes those offices, depending on who's staffing them and the politics, aren't really there to help you the individual. 
They're only there to protect the organization. So I, I would say, if you see yourself, if you know you're being harassed and bullied, document dates, times, details, keep a record of it. Talk to trusted people about it and use, and use exercise, a good night's sleep, a good diet to keep you strong and healthy. Um, if you're young enough, um, you know, use the system initially to try to, to ward off these kinds of negative behaviors. But if you, if you tried an avenue or two and you don't see that it, it say, say the harassment continues, I would say look for another profession. Get out of there. Get out of there. Try to find some synergy. Try to find some, some um, a healthy organizational climate to work in. Because it, it, it's, there have been people that have gone through periods like this and then it, it, it lightens up. They're, they're left alone and they can just continue their work. But um, there are other, in my situation, it was, it's not been that way. You know, I'm, where I am right now, I am able to do my work, but I have had to put up with more harassment and negative treatment. Um, yes. So, and I don't know, I kind of think those people seem like they're in little high school cliques. And I'm like, aren't, shouldn't they be a little more adult? At this point, they're in careers now. Shouldn't they act a little more mature? But there are a lot of immature adults in the world and insecure adults. So, um, and again, when people get a job not through merit, it hurts everybody because they're not doing a good job. People below them are carrying them. And it hurts the organization and it hurts people observing this. When nepotism, cronyism, and political appointments at lower levels are allowed, it damages the morale of the organization. So, you know, again, um, uh, I, I just say, you know, be good to yourself, find your strengths, don't allow negative experiences to harm you in any way. If you notice this it's harming you and you haven't been able to talk about it with good friends or, uh, uh, you know, your, your significant other or your spouse, um, and, and you're, it's continuing, and if you tried something and it hasn't worked, see if you can find something else because it's going to help you get out from out of that, that cloud, from under that cloud, and feel better. And But I know that's hard, too. That's hard, too. You, you say, you, you know, you're supposed to let them know if they can talk to your supervisor, and your supervisor has been one of your problems. You don't want them talking to your supervisor. So it's, it has been made more and more difficult in the work world to be able to move seamlessly or to a different place. To, but consider leaving the state. Please stay. Go to a, uh, get trained in a totally different p- profession and do something else. If you're a young person, I would say go get a, a two-year technical degree from community college. It's a portable skill. And even if you continue getting a full degree, have that portable skill to help you. You know, to, so you can even leave the territory. <laughs> it's gotten too hostile. So, um, but but just try to keep it cool and be good to yourself and realize that the people attacking you are um, are insecure. You, you're a threat to them, or you, they're just bullies, and um, and hope, hopefully the organization will take up the banner. Or sometimes in our political environment, if they're um, they're um, you know there's there's a like the, the current presidency <laughs> with what he's trying to do that uh, in an environment like that with leadership like that, things might turn out differently than it would under under other leadership. So that's always something too, but but just please don't let it destroy your health or your mental well-being. You know, when you realize that's happening, try to move on to something else, and, and at least try to find a better organizational climate. I, I think that sometimes the just the way our society is, all on consumerism, that that, that that's 
created some problems in that we're not as community oriented. We'll talk the talk, but we're not really living it. And and we really need to care about each other and and you know take care of ourselves and take care of each other. Thank you. Very well said. Well, pleasure being on your podcast, Ken. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome, and thank you for being willing to do this. All right. And justice for all.